Ethan. And I'm Kayla. And this is E.K. Thinks. Woo! That was so good. That was our best one. Easily. We've tried that a couple times, but I think we can put that one on. That, but <laughs> that was good. Solid. A+. Plus. Speaking of A+, plus, we have some A-plus comedians on our show, not just Kayla this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not just yours truly, but we're very excited about this. So we found these comedians on displaced displaced comedians that's just what it is because they can't really do anything right now because covid is being fun for all of us Mm -hmm. and so we got to interview a couple of them and the first one is stephen j springer and maybe the j stands for jerry springer jokester springer so i did ask him in the interview so be sure and yeah wait for that answer he is a high-rise operator in chicago and after the interview we have a quick audio segment of one of his shows that we really liked so you can get a a snippet of that and then our second one is ari wiseman and he is a real estate agent in maine and he talks about how kind of some comedians are starting to so virtually like he explains it but they're virtually being comedians now yeah there's virtual like chat rooms and yeah game rooms where you can do stand-up now yeah so that's exciting and he will tell us some of his jokes at the very end yeah, so they're both really funny, and we'll get you info that you can check them out. My question yeah. for you is, could you be a stand-up comedian? Yeah, I think that'd be so fun. Just telling jokes and living life. I think that'd be so funny. What what jokes would you tell? What would you base your content on? Probably just things that happen to me. Like, weird things happen to me all the time. Or... I'd probably say some jokes about you, like how delicately you put things. Like we've learned from these podcasts that Kayla's strong suit is not school. And so he was looking at my grades from the first year I went to college and he's like, so um, there might be some few classes that you want to retake. Like, no. You're just dumb, and you need to retake a few classes if you ever want to get your degree. (laughs) But just funny things like that. What would you, could you be a stand-up comedian? See, I consider myself a sit-down comedian. (laughs) So I like, I like this setting, and I actually talked about this too, but I like that I can go back and cut something out if I didn't think I was funny. I don't think I could handle the pressure of performing live and feeling judged by that many people <laughs> all at once. All at the same time. It just seems like I would take it confrontationally. So yeah. I don't know if I could do it. But if I were to do it, I would base my story. Well, all my jokes would be just the facts of your sleeping habits, <laughs> your sleep talking, sleep, sleep fighting. fighting. <laughs> uh, 
Um, maybe I'll just do a show of a recording of what happens while you're asleep. <laughs> what happens when I'm sleeping and you're asleep? Yeah, that's what terrifies me. Yeah. Because I'll be, I've been awake for an assassination attempt. Yep. With some finger guns <laughs> being pointed <laughs> at my head. That will be used on a later date. Um, there's some heartbreak the other night. Let's see, if you if you cut the bed into percentages, Kayla was in the 80th percentile of the bed. So I was <laughs> hanging on the edge and I thought, all right, now's my time to, you know, just gently get her to roll over and move. And as soon as I started pushing ever so slightly, just this, what? It's just <laughs> sad, forlorn. Can't believe you're making me get off my 80% of the bed. What a horrible guy you are. <laughs> so there's, yeah, you could do a play or a good comedy yeah. routine out of that. That'd be so funny. Well, hey, maybe we could just wear virtual reality while you're asleep and yeah, there we go. be like a show. Yeah. I don't know. The VR thing seems like I like it. This does seem like the scary techno techno apocalypse yeah, that we've been is. waiting for but you know maybe it's just time to embrace it yeah i guess i don't know yet we'll see we'll see yep anyway Alrighty. check out our interviews yeah and as always check us out wherever you get your podcasts and if you have the option feel free to leave us a comment or a like or both give yeah. us some stars i don't care how many you give if you have five stars to give great if you can only bring yourself to give us a single star. We'll take it. We will. And I will hang you one star on the fridge. So <laughs> thank you. There's You can get like a platinum record. What would be like, what would we be at right now? Like Where's, a rock? A rock? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe like a grain of sand. Oh, like a tortilla record. A tortilla. That's Jeez. probably best. Oh, that we can work towards that. That's a good goal for us to have. Yeah. Like okay. A, we're gonna go tortilla like go platinum yeah we're gonna go tortilla oh yeah Alrighty. speaking of tortilla just kidding <laughs> tortilla later <laughs> that was really good that was really solid thanks for having me absolutely so first i have to ask when did you get into doing stand-up? Has that been a lifelong dream of yours? Is it something recent? Well, it started, uh, I got the idea when I started, was working at Cook County Jail as a correctional officer here in Chicago. And um, I used to tell people on the outside, you know, my friends and family stories about what happened in there, and they'd always laugh. So I got the idea that maybe I could do it on stage, and then I started going to comedy clubs studying uh, um, comedians. And then... Uh, Ironically, I moved to Indianapolis for a couple of years, and I, I ended up coming back. But when I, when I was in Indianapolis, I started doing it at open mics. I got well known there, and then I came back, moved back to Chicago, and I started doing it here. Cool. So twelve years, what, eight, uh, twelve years, twelve years. What? What kind of jokes or funny stuff would happen at the correctional facility? Um. I kicked the inmate out of the cell for the night. There's a rumor going around that I kicked the inmate out of the cell for the night so I could sleep. 
Uh, how ridiculous! I didn't. I wasn't sleeping. It was a twenty-minute nap, and we cuddled. <laughs> and um, sometimes when I was feeling lazy, I let them eight trustees lock up the cells. You know, for me, and uh, it took me fifteen years to realize I didn't belong there. Some guys figured it out in five to ten. <laughs> Truthfully, I would have been there the rest of my career, but got time off for bad behavior. <laughs> and uh, working in the jail is easy. Uh, you spark orders at the inmates, you know, like their wife. A couple of me want to consummate the marriage. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. A lot of stories. That's cool. And so, um, how how have you adjusted to like? Because I I don't think most places are doing open mics anymore with COVID, at least for now. So, have you still been like finding ways to do comedy? Yeah. Well, there's over the border in Wisconsin. They're more liberal. You know, so oh. I've been doing shows at Kenosha Comedy Club out there. Okay, so they'll they'll let you at least go on. And then there's and virtual stuff. mics, and then I uh, got Zanies uh, to let me use the club to do an empty theater mic. You know, not a mic, but an empty theater set with nobody there. And I got that coming out on video. It's going to be on my YouTube channel, Stephen J. Springer. It'll be on my YouTube channel another week or so. Cool. Do you do you ever say that you're related to Jerry Springer? Is <laughs> actually that's in my routine. Uh, I know we're going on Maury Povich next week. He and I stay tuned. Okay, good deal. No, we're, in real life, we're not related, but I, I we should be because he's Jewish from Eastern Germany, from Germany, and so am I, my relative. So, uh, but he's not on my family tree anywhere. <laughs> uh your your middle initial is J, and so I thought, oh, Stephen J. Springer. I was like. Jerry Springer, maybe you never know. <laughs> cool. So, um, what has been like? I want to hear what's been like your best experience, best show, and then have you had like a just really like embarrassing experience? And how did you move on from that? Uh, best experience was it was an African American club out here that I did real good at. They're very accepting of me, and you know I did good there, and they're they're a tough audience, and uh, I did pretty good there. And they asked me back it was my first paid gig. Oh, that's awesome. Jokes and notes. It's not around anymore, but. And the most embarrassing, probably trying out something new and flubbing my lines. You know, you're supposed to, comedy is supposed to make it look uh, spontaneous off the cuff. You know, a couple of times I froze and forgot my lines. Oh, I can imagine. And like, I, I'm assuming those crowds aren't super forgiving. They're, you know, they'll like, they'll be off stage if <laughs> they don't like it. So. Well, no, I didn't do it. I don't think I did it at that club, but I'm saying that club yeah. you really have to be in the game. Yeah, They're very you. demanding. Not demanding. I shouldn't say that. They're just, you know, they want you to be funny, make them laugh. Yeah, they've got high standards. Like, I, there's, you know, there's a lot of comedians out there. So, you know, if, if you don't like one, you can just find another one. Right. So you got to be on your A game. So do you, you have do you have a day job that you do and then you do comedy on the side or is this your full thing no i have a day job well like i said i was a correction officer for 15 years and uh uh now i'm a high-rise doorman uh, i worked the door in the night shift you know so i did the night shift there so i could practice my routines and it's not it's dead there's no you know nobody coming in and out at night i practice to write all my new stuff there cool well, do you have any new stuff that we can exclusively demo on this show? I'm in the process of uh, writing it. Uh, 
Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I accidentally uh, called my new wife by my ex-wife's name, and my ex-wife happens to be named Angel. So at first I got away with saying it was a term of endearment. Now she doesn't buy that anymore. I'm still ironing and working that one out. It's not ready to go on stage, but that's kind of like the promise. Yeah, I like it. You can work a good story with that one. I'm just curious, what's your connection to the comedy community? Are you in the comedy community? Are you a comedian too? Or? No, I'm just a podcaster. I I started this as a hobby, and then I was trying to find people to interview on the show that I thought were interesting, and then kind of led me to some different Facebook groups, the one that I found, you know, we found each other in. Thanks. And yeah, and I was like, well, you know, I, I'd say I'm a, a, I'm not a stand-up comedian. I'm a sit-down comedian. <laughs> <laughs> It's never so, too late to get into it. I got into it when I was 44. Well, I don't think I have the, like, I like a podcast because, because I can go back and edit things or I can undo what I've said. I don't feel like I have like the, I don't know, the charisma or like the, the fortitude to go potentially be booed off stage or not have people think I'm funny. Or is this, if people think I'm funny or not, I don't really see it. And so I can just, live in a reality where they do. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But cool. Well, where can people find more? You said you had a YouTube channel. Where can people find your stuff? Steven, S-T-B-N, J-A-Y, Springer. It's Stephen J. Springer, the YouTube channel. And then uh, Facebook, Stephen J. Springer also. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll Facebook. stay tuned because it sounds like you've got some good stuff coming. Anthony forgot my main credit. 2014 winner of the Mr. Potato Head Lookalike Contest. You should see me with a top hat and a pipe. That's some ugly competition. But uh, I had a great day today. I went to a funeral. No big deal. I didn't know the guy. I went for the funeral buffet. Doing comedy, I don't make a lot of money, as you soon find out why. So I like to scan the obituaries. If I'm in the mood for Chinese food, I look for names like Wayne or Chong. If I'm in the mood for Italian food, I look for uh, Russo or Rizzo. And guess what I do if I'm thirsty? O'Reilly or O'Malley. If anybody asks how I know the deceased, I just start crying. <laughs> Who wants to see a fat man cry anyways? <laughs> I love working out. Not doing it, watching it. <laughs> My high-rise apartment building's got a gym in it. People actually take the elevator to use the Stairmaster. I like to walk behind him eating a chili dog. <laughs> you break a sweat your way, I'll break a sweat mine. <laughs> Speaking of how I look, you're not gonna believe this, but my dad's actually a plastic surgeon. Apparently I'm gonna have to look like this till I get my grades up.
tell you the truth, he just likes to use me for his before pictures. Okay, so I'm Ethan, and this is Michaela. Oh, I was wondering which one was which. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, but definitely. How do you bring that up? Pressure off. <laughs> right, how do you bring that up? Like, oh. yeah, in 21st century. Let me yeah. see. Oh, yeah, I was like looking for your question. So how, how does, how do you want to do this? Is, is this at all? Is this like edit, edited podcast? Yeah. Are there, are you a sound effects button that you I use? I don't have any buttons yet, but. Oh, like did, my really. We were thinking, because like we've got a couple comedians that we're doing. And so I was like, we, mm-hmm. well, it was like, we need a, a laugh track to like, because <laughs> we just have a really, we both just really like breathily laugh. Like, <laughs> no, th- those are the best laughs. The best laughs are like the just like a soft exhale through the nose those are real those are involuntary you can fake a big laugh but you can't fake that little (laughs) when it sucks yeah Mm -hmm. yeah where you're just like yeah because those are the those are those laughs that just impulsively happen you don't really think about them but usually like especially nowadays when everything's virtual and i'm doing a virtual comedy show like it's even when i'm watching one like I mean, I, I fake laugh a lot because you don't get the same experience. The delivery isn't quite the same. So you're just like, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> but when you hear someone just go like, ha, or you're like, yeah, I did good. That was right, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What's your, what's your life been like? Uh, I was born in New England. I was born in Massachusetts. Then my um, family lived in Florida and then gets interesting we moved to israel um so middle east for i was there for 11 years i was in the israeli military over there and yeah then i recently recently like six years ago in 20 no not six years ago it's like five years ago 2016 i moved back here i moved to north carolina lived there for a bit did some work and then i moved up here when the pandemic started be with my family Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what, cause you're, you're an American, but you can, you, you can just join the Israeli military. How did that work? Funny thing. Yeah. So actually as an American, anybody can join the Israeli military. Um, if you feel like going over there, you just show up, you volunteer, they put you in for 18 months in and out, you're done. Try not to die. Um, but since I lived there for 11 years, I actually had a mandatory draft. I had to do my service. When I first started, oh. I did not want to do my service. I was finding every excuse not to do it. I only have one kidney. So I told him, like, guys, you don't want me. I only have one kidney. They're like, don't worry. Yeah. Don't any, worry. We have a, we have any a place other soldier for you. could take a shot at the kidney, but. <laughs> right. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe end, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I know. But it ended up being. Um, not a good thing that I complained about my kidney because they're like, oh, oh, you can't do like cool soldier stuff. Well, then you're, we're going to put you in the unit with all the the broken people. So I ended up, I mean, I'm not, oh yeah, broken people. I ended up on a, on a very, uh, I don't know what we would call it, just less than desirable uh, base with doing like grease monkey work, fixing tank engines and stuff. It's still cool, you know, to like a 15 year old they're like damn you fit worked on tanks i'm like yeah anyone who knows anything about like working on cars or <laughs> tanks or engines of any kind are like yeah so that you were you changed oil filters for yeah, three good, years. Good for you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a good experience for the first year, and then there were two more years after that that were just a nightmare. Sure. So, mm-hmm. so you moved back to the states, and then at what point in your life did you start doing comedy? Like, you have a, I'm assuming you you have like a day right. job, and then yeah, I do have a day job right now. Um, I actually first kind of got the idea to do comedy when I was I was like. 13 or 14 and Jews have a lot of holidays and one of the big holidays is called Purim and it's when everyone gets drunk like everyone we're talking like especially in Israel it's a big thing because underage drinking isn't as serious so like everyone from the age of 13 and up is getting absolutely wasted <laughs> uh, and so so my my mother actually suggested she's like Ari you know you make all these jokes you should go up and do a kosher comedy act um Remember, I might have told like two jokes and then I got really nervous and scared and just ran away from it. And then I didn't touch comedy for years and years and years uh, until I moved back to the States. I started, I always wanted to be an actor and I started learning all about stand-up comedy. And one day I decided like, it was like one of those things where for years and years I've been writing down little tidbits and notes. And then finally, right around the time the pandemic started, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a real go at it. And then the pandemic started. <laughs> You're like, um, all right, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a little, <laughs> it was a lot like, it was a lot like, like, you know, choosing to be a Jew right before the Holocaust is what it felt like. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I start listening to all these com- comedian podcasts and they're like, now is a terrible time to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks man. It's my life yeah. goal. Just <laughs> ruined right now. So it was yeah. interesting. Cause I was like, I was like, I want to talk to people that have been, you know, we've got like our, our frontline workers, like nurses and stuff. And then I'm like, you know, who who's the pandemic really affected? Is like mm-hmm. restaurants. And I was like, what about comedians? I was like, that probably sucks right now. Like it. Yeah. Rough, I, I'm sure. There are some comedians who are going full guerrilla warfare and they're going to any state that is allowing large <laughs> gatherings. Uh, I live in Maine. There's no gatherings allowed, like indoor, outdoors. Mm-hmm. At first they were doing outdoor uh, comedy shows but now the temperatures are well below freezing so <laughs> no one's doing anything outdoors um but yeah everything is is banned I, there's not an open mic anywhere um but i did find a solution to that and a lot of other comedians are starting to slowly catch on mostly smaller ones because i feel like some of the bigger ones are like they're not as pressured to have to work like you don't you're not mm-hmm. going to see I don't know what comedians, you know, like Moshe Kasher or Natasha Legero or any of these people, they're not going to go out and, you know, do these, like, they're doing like the occasional virtual show. Yeah. They don't need to hustle but, as hard probably. Yeah. They don't need to hustle as hard, but I found in virtual reality, there's comedy clubs, there's open mics, there's everything you can imagine. Um, it's just all virtual. And, you know, you're talking to a bunch of avatars, but you still get the laughs. Uh, you even get emojis. That's something you don't get in real life. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's almost better. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, you get more out of it uh, other than facial expression, human touch, and COVID-19. You, <laughs> yeah, you but hey, a... you don't get COVID or freeze to death in Maine. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's good. But so yeah, there's but right now it's a bit of a mix of different comedians. There's a lot of like competing comedy clubs that open open mics at the same time. It's it's a fun time though. It's a really great if you guys, I don't know if you have any VR apparatus yeah we've got like just on my playstation so i i uh, play like yeah neighbor and stuff but i think uh-huh, I, cool. i've seen ads for like you know like chat rooms or stuff like that but yeah alt space is what i'm usually on and i go to as many open mics as i can there um but 
yeah, I would recommend it. I don't think they have it on PSVR yet or if it ever will be, but. Well, and my PlayStation broke like a couple weeks oh. ago. So I'm still waiting oh, no. for them to send it back and fix it. So what's it? The new, the new P the new PlayStation? Like, no, it's five? just the, the four, which the four. I'm like, I don't, you know how like, like iPhone comes out and then it seems like all the other iPhones crash. Like that's what it seemed like right. it happened. The five came out, even though it shouldn't be correlated. Like my PlayStation just fried. So damn. That's something to look forward to when it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you guys do? Are you, is this just like a, a passion project? You've always wanted to do a podcast and you decided to, I mean, pandemic as like a lot of people like myself and a lot of other people I know just say like, screw it, just going to go for it. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. Like I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and then I, do you, why did we start this? Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There wasn't really a reason. It was just I just like I like listening to, to them, it. and then I thought, well, um, not that this is necessarily what I'd want to do for a career, but I'm like, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Like if you just got lucky and could produce them. And so then I was like, oh, let's just do it. And it's just been so much fun doing it that I'm like, okay, this is fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's something that I always took for granted. This this thing, like the back and forth, a conversation with somebody else, something I always took for granted until the pandemic hit. Because pre-pandemic, I'm at the office, I'm talking to people, I'm, I'm having conversations, and I'm coming up with bits as the day would go on. And then pandemic hit, and I felt like a writer's block. Um, but I started realizing that I came up with all my bits when I was talking to my girlfriend or my dad or one of my brothers, I only ever, I realized that conversation is so important to a comedian. So like whenever I see anyone like looking for a podcast, I'm like, Oh man, I got to have a conversation with people because <laughs> it's something that I'm definitely missing. Cause normally I'd be out and about and talking with people and just yeah. creating those, those bits come from, from life and from doing things and I haven't been doing much of things. <laughs> Well, I think it's been interesting too because I like we got we got married like a week before no no like a week after like Everything the big shut shutdowns down. like kind of statewide for us at Mar- least. March March thirtieth yeah ours was yeah. a little earlier when did we get well married? <laughs> we got married this. March twenty sixth yeah and three mm-hmm. day like it was the day before that everything was like so oh. we got like married in our backyard moved in and stuff and then we're like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's, I don't know, like, naturally, we're like, hey, what can we do? Like, let's go find some puzzles. Let's paint. And, like, the store shelves were just wiped of anything like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just wonder how much, like, of the pandemic has just, like, pushed people to, like, being more creative and, like, kind of trying to find stuff like that. But 100%. When, like, naturally, I think you're right. We do get that just by, like, having conversations with people, you know. Yeah. It's not, like, as in-depth as this, but. No, absolutely. Um, have you heard of uh, Pete Holmes's podcast? I haven't. Uh, uh, you made it weird. So he has this conversational style podcast where it's almost like like you're sitting in, in on a conversation between two, I mean, people who are more interesting than than most of us. Sure. You know, like, I mean, he has people like, you know, Sarah Silverman on. He has everything from like philosophers, to doctors, comedians, actors. He had John Hamm on once, which was really great. That's cool. But they go for hours they'll he and he doesn't edit he puts out a full like two and a half three four hour podcast um he does yeah you should look into it because he has a really i mean obviously it's kind of unique to pete holmes his his kind of style is very he's just a goofy dude 
I don't know how to describe it. You got to listen to it. It's a lot of fun, but uh, enough plugging podcasts on someone else's podcast. It's all good. Well, hopefully he'll we'll do the same for us. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that out. It's getting cut out. Like Pete Holmes. If anything, maybe he'll mention you. Yeah. It, yeah. So I mean, he's. Sorry. So, oh, um, no, go ahead. What was like, so you, you've been writing stuff for a while. When did you first like, hey, I'm going to go like all in on this? Was there like yeah. a defining moment? Yeah, it was actually, I was, <laughs> I think it was January or February. I was in New York. Uh, I was, I'd driven down from, from uh, Maine down to New York to see Wicked, the musical on Broadway. And I remember I got, I, I just walked in. I was like, I was in New York. I walked in. I was like, hey, can I get tickets? I didn't really know how it works. And they were like, Are you uh, to the show? They're like, it's tonight. I was like, yeah. Like, can I get tickets? They're like, sure. Well, here I'm you go. Here. Yeah, it was like 150 bucks, best 150 bucks I've ever spent. Uh, and I was broke. Like that went on a credit card. Um, <laughs> so I paid 150 and I, I went to the show and it was just, I mean, the feeling was something else just to see the people performing and, and singing. And I was like, wow, like I, I need to be doing something along entertaining lines. That, that was kind of where I made the final decision. But it leading up to that, um, it's a funny thing about that show is I was I was watching a show and I was, you know, kind of like I love musical theater. And so these people I was watching a show. It was my first musical I'd ever heard. And the actor, you have you seen Wicked? Yeah, I have. I don't you've think you've heard it. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Have oh, you heard it? Know. So you know Fierro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fierro is um falls in love with Elphaba. They have the little like romance on the side. So well, that's actually the main story, but he depending actor, on your perspective. Yeah, yeah. So the actor uh who was singing for that part was terrible. And I was like, wow, he's really bad. Like <laughs> he's his voice was cracking, he wasn't hitting any high notes. I was like, wow. At the time I was like, it sounds like he's sick. And then looking back, I realized he he probably had COVID because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was like the last show of Wicked before the pandemic hit and they shut everything down. I'm like 80% sure he just had COVID. And I was oh. I was like, in my I mean, in my head, I was giving him a lot of shit for it. But I mean, it was an amazing show regardless. But as soon as he came on, he was like, ah! <laughs> oh, sounds like he has a cold. Do you I need some on. water? I can do this. Right? I, <laughs> someone get this glass, guy a glass of water. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to take up too much on that but before that um when i lived in north carolina i actually am a karate instructor who i was a karate instructor and i would teach and it was we were then like top 10 schools in the united states so we had huge classes we have like a class like 50 people and i would have to teach this class and and teaching martial arts is like teaching karate it's more as much of as as much of it is like uh educating you're also entertaining edutainment because you got to keep them interested especially the little ones but i was teaching from like ages two to 65 Um, oh wow and so i'd have like a room full of like 40 people and i would just go like full entertainer and get really into it and 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 that was another thing that like pushed me into like wow you know one maybe i should like write a few jokes for class or something like that and just just you know try to throw them in and see like i would always get laughs and they were great but that is a different dynamic than an open mic because these were all people that like respected me and saw me as their sensei and their their master and all that and so they felt like they had to laugh or else i'd beat them up or something like that so. yeah our, our open mics kind of brutal because i imagine it's like if they don't like you they'll let you know 
Yes and no. I mean, there are some open mics you go to. Like there's one I I kind of I didn't go. I was at and then I decided I'm not going to go up because the lady got up. First thing she did was list off a thing of rules like no political. No, I was just like, oh, it's like it's half my bits. <laughs> um, and she also mutes the audience so that no one you don't hear any laughter. And it, it just it kind of ruins the experience. Like I'd prefer to have someone yelling rude shit at me throughout the entire open mic and, you know, being able to respond to that rather than not hear anything at all. Because, I mean, like any feedback is good feedback, honestly. If there's one thing I'm doing this for, it's for attention. Yeah, and I think like doing stand-up, like I have to imagine you have to have thick enough skin where you're able to take that. It's just that that's expected almost like that criticism in some form. Right. Yeah, definitely. And if you take it to heart, uh, if you take any criticism to heart, I mean, it just goes in life. If you take things too seriously, it just it's just going to hurt a lot more. I, it's kind of like my biggest weakness and my, my greatest strength is that I don't take things too seriously. Um, it's a and blessing and a curse. It, it, it really is a blessing and a curse because sometimes there are things that you really need to take seriously, but I just, I don't know if it's, it's just, you know, I'm just the way I'm built. I just don't take things as seriously as maybe I should. But on the other hand, there are some things that aren't that important that other people will just lose their mind on. And I think it's just always a good idea to keep a, a level head and just to yeah. just take it as it comes and deal with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what was, what was your best experience? Like, I don't know, any experience with best comedy. Show. Yeah. Show or. Mm. Good question. Uh, what was my best experience of had a lot we of, also I mean, want to hear your worst one. So if that's easier oh, to start with. <laughs> yeah. Or your most embarrassing. It's always easy. It's always easier. You don't remember <laughs> the good ones. You never remember the good ones. You remember the really, really <laughs> crappy ones. Um, but no, I have the good ones. There was a, there was, it was more of a whole day. It was a day where I just went up and I did one, two, three open mics. And at all the open mics, I felt like like people were laughing, people were shooting up all the emojis because this is all in virtual reality. And it was just a really, like I just had just a, a good run of open mics and people walking up to me after the show in virtual reality and being like, dude, that was really great. Like, awesome job. Like, and and I never know what to say to those people because it's, it's always weird when someone gives you a compliment and you're just like, uh, like no like like yeah like i guess i worked I, but in the end like i put a lot of work into my set into my jokes so when people really appreciate them and like them i'm just like wow you know thank you that means that means a lot yeah uh in my worst experience right yeah, yeah so yeah, your worst one my worst experience would probably be um uh what's it called it's probably just be another open mic i'm trying to think it would be, I don't know. See, that's the thing, not not taking things too hard or too seriously. I don't think I've ever had necessarily an open mic where I was like, oh God, like that was embarrassing. That was bad. Oh, I can I never do that again. Yeah, like I've never told a joke where people were like, boo. Like I've listened to some... <laughs> It happens because I've listened to some comedians. There was one guy who had an entire bit about driving drunk. And I was just like, come on, guy. I was dropping those sad face emojis. Like, (laughs) 
it's not this a is not matter. funny <laughs> yeah he was going on about serious. how like <laughs> he was going on about like how he, there's no such thing as as drunk drivers there's just bad drivers and he says he drives drunk all the time and i was like yes you're like the cops are literally on the way to your house bud <laughs> what oh, are you man. doing it was it was, it was a so i've ne- i never i've never had like a I mean, I've definitely had like bad sets, but nothing that's hit me that hard. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That's good. I, I wish I wish there was something more memorable, but in virtual <laughs> reality, it can only get so bad. It's like, oh, it's going really bad. Well, one second, let me just just, just, just take it off, and then <laughs> I'm good. And, <laughs> I'm not and, here anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say like my worst performance ever was once where. Uh, as a joke, I changed my avatar to look like Justin Bieber from uh, the early 2000s. And I got up and I sang karaoke of uh, Baby. <laughs> um, that was even my worst performance ever, but it was also one of the most fun. So <laughs> That's probably a good aspect of VR. Like literally, you can just remove yourself from the situation. Yeah, you can remove yourself from the situation. You could turn it to someone else entirely. There's just two two dudes who just hang out in VR dressed as Mario and Luigi. And they're great. They're actually bouncers at a virtual nightclub. <laughs> wow. well it sounds like we need to explore a little bit. i really think yeah. if you guys like you know if you got some spare stimulus money just pick up like an <laughs> oculus because they have they have um a custom like talk show room and i yeah. actually have a, a couple comedian friends who who run like a late night late night talk show i mean they'll get like 30 40 people in the crowd of just listening to them talk and they get some banter going. They include the audience in some, you know, fun games. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a little more than a podcast because you're actually interacting with an audience and telling jokes, but like it, you know, all use you guys, more interaction I would recommend it. It's a, it's so much fun. It's so much yeah. fun. This is reminding me of like ready player one. The yeah. Like video game movie where they're like in there with their avatars and stuff. Absolutely. Cool. The future is here. Yeah, it that's is. what we're going to do next. <laughs> well, I, well, I do think that virtual reality comedy is going to be like pretty, it's going to be getting bigger just because as people, like I know some comedians that said that they would never do a Zoom comedy show. Now they've started doing Zoom comedy shows because they're realizing that this is, this is going to keep going. I think the accessibility will be a big seller, honestly, mm-hmm. just because literally, you know, I can join a concert or a, yeah. You know, a show just in my living room. So like, yeah, yeah, I mean, got a point mm-hmm. there. yeah, I auditioned for a, um, a virtual reality recreation of um, recreation of a musical theater of the Aladdin musical, Disney Aladdin okay. musical on Broadway. So they made a shortened version and they're going to be doing it on, in VR. So like they've been, do- and they already did one. They did Peter Pan already and it was a big hit. And I mean, it's a little silly because it's all in virtual reality, but <laughs> Like you really see the amount of effort and and time and that people put into this and they really practice to take it seriously. And it's just, um, yeah, it's an amazing community. It's really awesome. Uh, that is awesome. That is cool. It's like mm-hmm. in the office when Dwight creates, creates his second life. Yeah, we're all going to have our second lives going on. <laughs> we made fun of him and this is our reality now. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, Ari, we're going to sit back and expect to be entertained. I was thinking, I was like, oh, oh shoot. We're just gonna uh-huh. no, but yeah, give us give us some of your content and we'll um let people know afterwards where we can find more. Yeah, for sure. Let me let me uh, now I'm gonna keep it PG 13. That's um sure. yeah. 
Uh, here's not, this isn't really a joke. This is just something funny that I learned. Um, my girlfriend, she's Asian. And when she uses Zoom, when she uses that, um, the virtual background, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't recognize her as a face. <laughs> it, it doesn't. So, like we've done a Zoom, we've done Zoom calls together. She'll be sitting right next to me and her face will just be blocked out as like, you know, the beach or something. <laughs> with, with how much tech is like based in Asia, I feel like they would have figured right. that out by now. <laughs> You'd and think they'd like, have solved that issue. Well, like over half the world's population is either yeah. Chinese or Indian. Yeah. Okay, well. Uh, yeah, at this so point, yeah, at this point, that's not part of my set yet, but I'm thinking of, <laughs> that was the, that was the pilot good, right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Um <laughs> But yeah, like I said, I used to teach martial arts. So I used to do karate and we used to teach children. You probably actually heard this one. You probably might have even been taught it when you were a kid. You ever heard of Stranger Danger? Absolutely. Yeah, so Stranger Danger. It's it's don't approach people you don't know. Don't talk to random people on the street. Like avoid the strangers at all costs. But statistically, um, if a kid is going to be attacked, it's going to 90% of the times like that. It's going to be somebody that they actually know. So a parent, an uncle, you know, a teacher. So... We really shouldn't have been teaching them stranger danger, but just like straight up should have just been teaching them danger, danger, <laughs> danger. Uh, a PG. Danger, just everywhere. Um, it is true. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. So I used to in self-defense. One of the big things we teach you is we teach you like, Hey, listen, like you're in the most danger when you're the most comfortable when you're feeling relaxed and at ease, that's when you're most likely to be attacked. So that's why I always wear my underwear in a full wedgie. <laughs> I'm never comfortable. And that's always alert. I'm always, I'm always yes, alert. Full always wedgie. aware. Full wedge. It's way up in there. Um, thank you. Oh, oh, it's so nice to hear people talk. Especially when it's directed at me. Uh, let me see let me see oh um this one i'm I'm still kind of working on i don't know if i like it too much but um we teach a lot of self-defense between stranger danger you know everything like that and and for being real most of it doesn't work and won't work with that like and one of the best ways i've found from personal experience to get out of any sort of physical altercation is just to start crying (laughs) <laughs> it's like nobody nobody wants to fight you when you're crying like you just start and i'm not talking like little whimpering i'm talking like ugly bawling like full-on <laughs> tears streaming down your face because like guys especially if it's a guy coming at you because the guys the second they see another guy start crying they they, they go in the opposite direction <laughs> They don't want to mess with that. Uh, and it helps. It does help if you throw in like a little bit of the gay vibe there. You know, like, oh, God, I can't. You're just so big and strong. And, oh, I just could never fight you. And and just go full into that. And trust me, they'll be on the other, <laughs> other side. Um, and now I'm going to delve a little bit into not PG-13. Um, for women, um, I'm really sorry. It won't work. It just doesn't work. The crying thing doesn't work because some guys are are into that. <laughs> yeah, I think like the heterosexual barrier will stop. Yeah, at least some of the robbers. Right. But oh yeah, yeah, just start crying. Like, 
I've done it two or three times. I haven't. I don't get many <laughs> fights, but every time it works half the time. <laughs> what What could a woman do in that situation? Like, Run. oh, oh, <laughs> kick him in the nuts, <laughs> gouge the eyes. They teach you that, do they? Right, they poke him, punch him, crunch him. That's what my mom says. Spaghetti. Yeah. Meatballs. <laughs> um, spaghetti meatballls, but also just be in for a real self-defense uh, tip. Uh, the wedgie thing is really important, but also just screaming really loud. People don't like it when you scream. It's, <laughs> I like you just bloody murder because that's like the one of the biggest things. But also if you scream at them, like you tell them you yell like stop. They, a lot of times I can throw people off um, and then just run away after kicking yeah. them. But yeah, that's what we would teach. Though we did once teach a kid how to do a rear naked choke, you know, like in the UFC. And then his parents came in the next day and they were not happy <laughs> because, because he rear naked choked his his neighbor after she called after she teased him for for calling him fat. And I was like, I was like, gosh, Cody. Fist bump. But first man, of all. First of all, priorities. Nice. But man, you can't be doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did teach him. Oh, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. And so the whole thing with stranger danger and statistically, it's, you know, it's someone, it's going to be someone they know. So, you know, we teach them stranger danger. We start teaching the kids self defense. And then the next day, you know, dad brings them in with dad's got a black eye. <laughs> and we just got a raise. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Oh, well, I think that's. That's all I got for you guys right now, but hey, well, thank you. that was awesome. So, uh, <laughs> Ari Wiseman, everyone, and you have a YouTube. I have a YouTube. Yeah, my YouTube is if you just search Ari Weissman. I do. I have a couple stand-up comedy videos on there, but I'm really gonna double down on doing some sketch comedy. So I already have one on there about self-defense and Krav Maga, which uh, I'm allowed to make those jokes because I used to teach it. I am an instructor, so. Exactly. I am the sensei. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, We've been entertained. So that's at least that'll come out of it. Yeah. You want to spell your name for everyone so they know. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Just search me up on YouTube. It's A-R-I and then W-E-I-S-M-A-N or just spell out we is man. That's how it's spelled. There you go. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Do you have like a tagline that you finish all your, your podcast with? Yeah, absolutely. You can do it with us. She's the taglineist. Oh, yeah. <gasps> What's your tagline? Keep it crispy. No. <laughs> no. That is a good one. No, I just Yeah, it's already say- taken with somebody else's. <laughs> oh man. It's <laughs> good. I just say see you on the flippity flip. <laughs> you and then we high five. We high five. Which yeah. we hadn't really oh. thought about with having guests on. Yeah. But we could elbow bump. I think there's emojis. One second. Oh, there Did you go. Work? Hey, yeah, yep. we saw it. Got it. Perfect. Okay. Well. All right. Countdown. Just a yeah. <laughs> Two. See you, see you on, on the flip. See you on the flip. 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 Close <laughs> EK Thinks is a production of Morse Media. If you need newsletters, a social media account, a podcast produced, a website set up, look no further then morsemediaco.com. We've got you covered. You can check out some of the other projects we've worked on and as always, find our podcast.